great to be here today and always do this collaboration. You know, it's about getting the word out. And so we are on 10 different podcast platforms. So go check us out on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast. But we're on these different platforms, even on Anchor. And so you can uh, go and download those apps for your phone, or you can go right off the web and go to them, like using iTunes and things. Search World Impact News, and we'll come right up, and you can listen to everything out there that we discuss. Fantastic, Jason. So those listening and watching, as we merge these technologies together, can take this all into account. And today for our radio topic, which of course is also going to become podcast and the YouTube video under the Stop the Presses slash World Impact News banner, the topic today is to assess the presidency of Donald Trump in terms of recent foreign policy developments in particular. And so what Jason and I were talking about off the air, and now we're going to bring to you listeners live and on the archive today, is that what the mainstream media does, and oftentimes many of the alternative media also do, Jason, we've seen this, right. is jump to conclusions about President Trump's decisions. They take it at face value. They make a snap decision on what they think of it. <clears throat> if he, for instance, um, takes out this recent terrorist, as he announced, many will, will automatic, automatically conclude that he's not really reducing the military footprint in, let's say, Syria or the Middle East in general, like he announced early in his presidency, like he even talked about before he was elected, they'll say, see, he really is an interventionist. See, he, he really believes we are the world's policemen, even though he has spoken opposite to that and proclaimed that we should not be the world's policemen. Right. So many in the alternative and mainstream media will claim that he's going back on his word. However, what we're saying today, again, to reiterate, ladies and gentlemen, is the three words that work best with President Trump's uh, administration is not so fast. Those three words. You have to give time. You may not agree with the outcome, but you have to give time to know what the outcome actually is. And so you have to let the chips fall where they may. You have to see how things crunch out. You have to see what his strategy might be. And so... With the latest thing where the terrorist leader, we're told he was a very pivotal ISIS leader. Right. His name always escapes me. Al-Baghdadi. Al-Baghdadi. Baghdadi. Yeah, that, that's it. These are always tough names. Hazan ben Silver, right? What are we going to call him? <clears throat> but Al-Baghdadi. And then before that, uh, President Trump said that he was pulling many of our troops out of Syria, he talked about the multi-trillion dollars that these Middle, Middle East misadventures have cost us in this full-bore interventionism under George W. Bush and under Barack Obama, two New World Order bookends, one Republican, one Democrat. And um, he's talked about the huge human costs. He's talked about the human costs on the other side, too. He did not stomp on the graves of those that died that were our so-called enemies. He wow. said it's tragic what happened on the other side, too. He's talked about many things. He's pulled many troops out. But what he did do was he sent in a tank and armored contingent to sequester the oil in Syria. I believe it's northeast Syria. And what I'm seeing, Jason, is that was done 
for purposes of not allowing ISIS, which is thought to have been MI6 and CIA and possibly even Mossad backed at various times since 2011, when ISIS and other so-called freedom fighters were trying to take down Bashar al-Assad, the head, right. the, the head of Syria, we're seeing that, that uh, those factions have been largely vanquished. Russia helped in that too. Trump got Russia to work on our side, even though they're an ally of Syria. Right. A couple of years ago, Russia helped take out ISIS factions. And so what apparently President Trump has done, and you and I have read this very carefully, is he's largely helped vanquish this Intel-backed ISIS um, insurgency. And then he has sent these tanks in very recently to protect that oil as we're understanding it so far so the oil profits don't help ISIS revive themselves. Right. And it takes a while to discern these things. I've seen other news outlets say, oh, he's sending tanks in. He's not really pulling the troops out. But what you and I are saying is we might not have all the answers, but we're saying not so fast. Take time to read this. Read it carefully. Don't jump to conclusions like, most of the mainstream media and sometimes in the alternative media. Your comments? Well, I think that's what happens is you see, um, even from the very beginning and get-go, even before President Trump was elected, our duly elected president, and uh, maybe uh, we saw this even, even previous to this where he had no foreign policy experience. You know, he was under attack. Well, how is he going to handle security? How is he going to handle the military? He doesn't have experience in those areas. But one thing we got to realize about President Trump is he's a very intelligent man, and he is an international businessman. So he knows about negotiating. He knows about handling things. And I believe that's kind of what we see. Uh, the other thing I want to point out is um, that you have to understand or people have to understand is uh, they think that he acts or reacts to things very quickly off the cuff. Well, I mean, I'm not speaking for him, but we do see that. But I think we've got to look at he has the intel now to be able to make decisive decisions like that. So in just kind of laying out what we're seeing, even in these recent days where they took out the head of ISIS, this terrorist um, but I believe, just like we were talking before the show, Mark, is that is um, he's this mediator. You know, he's able to actually go in and do some things in countries that have never been done before. And so, um, but regardless, regardless, we see this quick to judge, quick to let's, you know, let's we got to respond to this and and the media feels they are the leading authority on this when no matter what Trump does, it seems to me it's going to be wrong, regardless of how it started or how the outcome is. So um, but we do see, uh, I believe, him doing some very strategic things that weren't necessarily done before. You know, at least he is in taking actions. And so like the whole let's get down to Syria and pulling troops out. And then they want to say, well, he wasn't pulling the troops out. He's actually putting troops more in. He's doing, well, there were still some things that needed to be taken care of. For instance, this ISIS leader needed to be dealt with. And so, you know, and so I always 
believe that America is and our president should that should be one of the first things is securing this nation and the security of the people that live here. But I believe, too, is we're not necessarily the policing using our military to go around and because the globalists have done it for 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 years, for decades, they've used America as a strong as a strong arm for their agenda. And I believe that's where you see Trump doing some things differently. And I, w- I would speak up there. This is the thing. This is a really key point that I'm going to still reserve judgment on whether I completely agree with what President Trump did with al-Baghdadi or with right. Syria. But what I am going to say, and I, I'm leaning toward agreeing with it, one aspect that I like about it, even if I don't like the whole thing, because I, I always take time to try and get all the facts, is that this was an American decision. This was right. not the UN Security Council sending us in Operation Desert Seal, Desert Shield, Desert Storm. This right. was not the UN Security Council sending us in for uh, shock and awe in 2003 in March when we simply bombed Baghdad with hither and yon without really any real purpose to what we were doing. Right. And hence the quagmire that became Iraq. Yeah. And so what I do see here is a vindication of what Notre Dame political science professor Michael Desch said at a Chicago Council of Global Affairs meeting that I attended in October of 2017, two years ago. He said, and he told the globalists there at this Chicago version of the CFR, he said, you guys, you're implying that because Trump is not a full-born, full-born, full-bore, excuse me, full-bore interventionist, that he must be a full-bore isolationist. Michael Desch said he's neither. He's what's called a Jacksonian. And Jacksonian, evidently a a reference to President Andrew Jackson, a Jacksonian is someone who leans toward non-interventionism. They certainly aren't a full-bore interventionist, but they choose their battles wisely, and the choices they make are their own to make. Right. And so what President Trump is doing and we can judge later, historians can certainly judge on all the nuance, what's good, what's bad, what's neutral. What he's doing, he's reasserting America's ability to chart its own destiny, Yes. to decide its own affairs. If we're going to use the military, we decide. It's not a UN thing. You sure. see, this is the thing. So you don't have to like it all, right? but you have to understand it. Like Mark Twain said, don't spout off your opinions till you have the facts, right? Right, exactly. Well, this is what we're looking for. We're looking for the facts. We're seeing that he's pulling us out of Syria so that doesn't become another Iraq, Afghanistan, post-9-11, endless, multi-trillion dollar quagmire where nobody wins, everybody loses. Yeah. Blood and treasure lost on both sides. Instead... He pulls many troops out, gets them out of harm's way, lets Turkey and Syria, lo and behold, decide their own affairs, sends an envoy, our Vice President Mike Pence, to Turkey to try and... Right. What, what do sovereign nations do? They don't just use their military. They use soft power. That's called diplomacy. Hello? Right. Right? Such a thing exists still, Mark. Yes. Well, should. When Hillary Clinton was head of the State Department, how was that diplomacy? I, I digress, but I don't understand. Yeah. But this is the thing um, that I want to uh, really stress to those listening live and, and on the archive and watching. 
is that we're seeing a reassertion of American sovereignty here, not really a betrayal of Trump's pledge to be far less interventionist, far more America first. Right. He really is far more America first, but you can't pull out of the world altogether. You have to pull back a little bit. You still have loose ends. You still have battles you have to fight. You still have business that needs tending to. And this is what I see as a big plus. And you were saying something about House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. You made a really good point. What was that earlier? Yeah, well, actually, one of the things that I was very happy to see with President Trump is he did not inform Congress and especially Nancy Pelosi um, and kind of kept it, kept that close to the chest, you know, why they were going to go in to make this strike. Otherwise, this terrorist probably would have gotten away. It would have been leaked or it would have been added to the impeachment record. I mean, they just, everything that he does, he, he seems like right now, to, at least to the media and to the left, he cannot do anything right, you know, and that's how they're, they're treating him. But you make an excellent point, Mark, which I hope that the list, listeners really catch and grab a hold of this is that President Trump is probably one of the first presidents to actually take action without pressure from the UN, pressure from NATO and the allies, but actually did something as what he was elected to do as a leader of the United States. And so I hope that the listeners really grab a hold of that to see how this president, regardless if you love him or you hate him, regardless of what, you know, like like Mark was saying, maybe the outcome, you don't necessarily like the outcome, but at least he's making decisions without outside pressure, without outside influence to actually do things for America for once. So if anything that some, you know, that, that, are, that the listeners take away today, I hope that they would see that. that I, I like what you said there, Jason, for America, yes. for a change, for America, for once. Yes. And, and so we can't put our constitutionalist order back together unless we're calling the shots. And President Trump's best accomplishment, and I think we can, we can all agree with this, uh, no matter who we are, especially in the broad opinions that, re- that are represented in the alternative media. Right. He has made criticism of the mass media cartel, what we used to call the mainstream or lamestream media. He has made that a household thing. Yes. Absolutely. It is now stylish. It is now customary <laughs> to say CNN, even sometimes Fox during the day. I mean, Fox is a mixed bag. Certainly CBS, NBC, MSNBC. You look at it and it's like a, V for Vendetta, the movie, the um, the movie about the the rebel movement, the fifth right. of November, uh, about the UK. Uh, people were watching the uh, British TV and they were going bollocks. I just don't believe a word they say anymore. Yeah. And one woman goes, I can tell when that news anchor's lying because she always closes her eyes too much or something to that <laughs> effect. But we need to get to that point, right. and we're getting to that point thanks to President Trump that that we're now seeing many Americans look at the mainstream media skeptically, like, really? Come on. I, I don't buy that dribble anymore. Yeah, Anderson Cooper, you know, is just a Vanderbilt anyway, right. out of the wealthy, privileged families, out of the peerage, as they say. Yeah. And so that's Trump's most enduring, widespread, fire-on-all-cylinders accomplishment. But now what we're seeing, and again, our point today is you have to look carefully what we're seeing is a reassertion of an American foreign policy, not an internationalist foreign policy, that might look contradictory. 
And granted, we don't have all the facts at our fingertips yet, but I believe we're reading this right so far. I want to put this out there to get people to think. We don't have all the answers. We want listeners and viewers to think for themselves. The mass media cartel wants you to just believe what they tell you. We don't. We want to put everything on the table and get everyone thinking and making sound judgments. That's what President Trump, I believe, wants. He wants an informed populace. Right. That's why he had that alternative media summit at the White House not long ago. I didn't care for all the participants necessarily. Too bad you and I weren't there. Right. But at least he had the idea that there are other media besides these alphabet soup, ABC, NBC, CBS. Exactly. And got him in there and said, I recognize you guys are reporters too. You have a job to do. And my understanding is my friend Gary Franchi that I used to shoot news with was in fact there. I'm going to double check that, but I'm 99% sure it was called uh, the Next News Network. He still kept that name. Mm-hmm. But I used to shoot news with him in 2013, 2014 in uh, Aurora, Illinois, and we shot news segments with a teleprompter and everything. And Gary, I understand, yeah. my former colleague was there at that media summit with Phenomenal. the president, or at least met him during it. Yeah. And uh, I'll confirm that for a future broadcast. But so people with our kind of voice are getting in there. And President Trump is open to that. Right. See, this is what's really encouraging here, along with his movement toward an American determined, America first foreign policy, not total isolationism, not total interventionism, but what the globalists themselves are calling a Jacksonian nuanced approach. Right. Yeah, because America's been too much on the defensive with things. You know, uh, to use kind of an analogy is even when it comes to the tariffs against China and the different things that are that we're seeing is that everybody gets upset about that we're in a trade war, that we're in, a, you know, they, they we're, it's not a trade war. It's, it's anything but. It's finally, it's finally, you know, not letting America be whipped anymore but getting America back out there in this global economy. And, and the analogy I was going to use is even if you take a basketball game, well, you could be, have the greatest defensive or football game, you know, football team, whatever. You could have a great defensive team that would prevent the other ones from, from the other team from scoring points. But if you can't put any points up on the board, then what good is it? And finally, I believe that's what we're seeing is where it seems defensive. It seems, you know, but it's very strategic, but it puts us in an offen- you know, offensive position. We're finally now we can get back into the game. The best defense is a right. good offense. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I would uh, put a, a capstone on what you said, Jason, by pointing out that the points on the board is the tariff revenue going into our treasury. Exactly. And that's to the tune of billions of dollars. That doesn't happen very much, ladies and gentlemen. I've covered Capitol Hill. I still have press credentials there for American Free Press. I've, I've listened to a lot of long discussions in committee meetings, hours and hours, while the mainstream media people were playing solitaire. I was covering these things. Yeah. And listening to the fact that uh, the U.S. would run these and has run for decades, these huge trade deficits that – were backdoor foreign aid because that's a right. trade surplus on the Chinese side of the ledger. A deficit for them, surplus, uh, a deficit for the United States, excuse me, a surplus for China. Their side of the ledger, that's backdoor foreign aid, billions and billions of dollars. How do you think they built their Navy? By selling goods in America far beyond what they import from America to sell there. Exactly. That's right. That's how they built their Navy. Yeah. 
And that's enabled them to build their gulag system. They can defray the costs of putting uh, dissidents away that challenge their totalitarian beehive collectivist mindset. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing is here you have NBA players and the media not coming to even the defense of the people that are being treated and mistreated in China. Talk about the level of torture. And, I mean, you know, everybody, the media is up in arms about uh, same-sex marriage and, and gay rights and transgender and all the different freedoms and things. Over in China, you're going to be tortured. You're going to be thrown in jail. You may never be seen again, most likely. And if you're working in one of these compounds that is owned by the military in these warehouses and manufacturing plants, you're going to be in a compound. And, and as the way you put it, Mark, so right on and spot on is you don't work to live. You live to work. That's, that's correct. And, and so by not having tariffs like the internationalists and the leftists and the media argue, what they're actually going to bring about is a yeah. situation where we allow China to keep having a huge surplus. They leverage that money for their totalitarian state and building their military. And we lose money that would otherwise be going into our treasury. But you put up the tariffs. The best defense is a good offense. And right. then we have money coming in. Fewer goods being sold here, more stuff being made here, more income and spending power here. China has to curl their tail a little bit and settle down a little bit um, and behave a little more, perhaps, in, at least in the South China Sea and some of their naval maneuvers. Right. Maybe maybe not their internal policies. That's very, very secretive. Yeah. But then Trump has also made North Korea at least somewhat manageable. And he needs China to help with that. Right. And I think he's using that as leverage, <clears throat> just like he's used better relations with Russia. Russia, in turn, is an ally of Syria. That's going to help keep Turkey in check. You don't want to take on the Russian army. Yeah. They are a lean, mean fighting machine. They're not depleted by all this interventionism that the U.S. has been involved in. Right. They are tough and they are professional. They know what they're doing. Yeah. So Turkey's not going to throw their weight around too much with Russia as an ally of Syria, and then the U.S. being on better relations with Russia so as to make that all work and to make the pullout of our troops more successful. Right. Because Russia's got Syria's back, and then that prevents this long-term plan announced by Wesley Clark, former uh, head of NATO, uh, general Wesley Clark, I believe he was a general, when he said that there were seven nations that the neocons wanted to take out, Iran, Iraq, Libya, and down the list. Right. Well, one of them was Syria. Trump put his foot right in the way and said, nothing doing. We're not going to have this uh, nation building, taking down one nation after another as, as part of some big neocon plan. I'm not going to stand for it. And yeah. that is a tremendous accomplishment. I believe we're reading this right. I'll be the first to apologize if we don't, but I believe we're reading that right, that he put an end to that long-term neocon plan of the neoconservative faction, yeah. the the war party wing of the Republicans, right. to, to have these seven nations taken out. They destroyed Libya. They, they made a shambles of Iraq and down the list, but he's saying, Syria, I'm not going to let you do it. Yeah. And that's another way that he prevents a potential World War III. Yeah, so very, very, very interesting. Yeah, that's why I was even thinking, you know, because when he allowed Syria and kind of pulled out um, the troops there in Syria and allowed 
the, uh, the, the, Turk, the, the Turks and the Kurds, so to speak, you know, kind of go at it as almost, uh, what would you call a yard, a yard, a schoolyard fight, you know, and let them kind of fight it out amongst themselves. But I just wonder how much that flushed out this terrorist. I mean, there's other details, obviously, and facts that we don't know necessarily about some of these things where, uh, you know, what that may have helped flush him out so we were able to get better intel on his location and where he was. So, you know, and that's the thing is, unfortunately, too many people are quick to judge. My goodness, we've been in war. We've been in the Middle East for now how many years? How many decades is it going on to? I mean, my goodness, somebody's got to. So, you know, at, at least at least we could give Trump credit for, hey, let's look at it. Let's evaluate it. Let's stop uh, being uh, manipulated and controlled by the U.N. and being told what to do. And let's take control of our nation. And I think that's very, very critical and strategic for our country. Yeah, we got about one minute till the ads at the bottom of the hour, maybe a little more than one minute. And I would also add in this first half hour of the show that he has long said, even when he was a candidate and in the early days of his presidency, that if NATO wants to keep having a mandate to exist, the member nations all have to pay their required, for the first time in their lives, their required 2% GDP toward the maintenance of NATO. The U.S. is not going to be like with the IMF paying the lion's share of the subscriptions and the financial support. Right. He's saying no more. So look at that. We're finally going to have tariffs against China's legendary surpluses that they've been leveraging. We're finally going to not have to pay the lion's share of the bill for NATO. NATO has to justify itself, all the members. And he's creating a situation even in Ukraine, we can talk about this more later, where it's far less likely that Ukraine will be a powder keg that would also ignite another world war. Just like we said, he is pulling back on the situation in Syria in such a way where that is less likely to become a World War III powder keg. So in two different areas that I see it, and we can detail this more later in today and and in other shows, he's making World War III less likely and trying to make everyone pay their fair share. And it's pretty amazing. And again, the main message today is don't jump to conclusions. You may not always like the outcomes, but first find out, wait a few days, maybe it takes a week or two, find out what the real outcomes are. And we can all, as Americans, you and I, Jason, those listening live and on the archive and watching, we can figure this out together. Yeah. No more mainstream media telling us what to think. We're going to think for ourselves, just like Trump is saying America is going to fight for itself. Yeah. And finally, for a certain, for, for, finally, I would say this too, is that where you have these politicians, they're not the ones pocketing from this. Absolutely. And we'll be back with more after these messages. Killing the Planet book, available now from Rodney Howard Brown and Paul L. Williams. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, because they got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer. 
and ultimately to control the weather, and he who controls the weather will control the world. The negative impact of population growth is becoming appallingly evident. What do you see as the biggest challenges in, in conservation? The growing human population. And to get to that goal, you have to monopolize the energy aspects of people around the planet. If you control those two aspects, the green revolution and the gene revolution, then you're able to control the entire planet, every resource on it, extinguish freedom for the rest of history. Available now. Go to killingtheplanetbook.com to get your copy today. Tired of being lied to by mass media? It's growing more and more apparent today that news is received less and less through standard media outlets. Even with a growing audience every day, RBN is beginning to direct more efforts into social media. Social media and the use of the Internet is fast becoming the primary source of people for news, regardless of demographic. RBN has set out to provide some of the best news on the Internet through republicbroadcasting.org and also has begun to use the tools to our advantage by way of social media. Public Broadcasting is now operating a Facebook page to function as yet another avenue to have our collective voice reach new audiences across not only America, but across the globe as well. The Facebook page features not only news, but also an RBN player to listen to our broadcast. Get involved by visiting Facebook.com slash Republic Broadcasting and liking our page and share it with your friends and family, because you can handle the truth. Convince people that this war is real. But the media. A history of the last 200 years. Now, you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. As told by the money trail. First, to prepare the United States for foreign war. Under the guise of American defense. Written by Rodney Howard Brown and Paul L. Williams. My name is Kevin Shipp. I'm a former decorated CIA officer. There is a shadow government that is manipulating our elected officials that we see behind the scenes. And finally, someone has come out and written what I think is the best expose on the shadow government ever. Who controls your money? Who controls your savings? You have been lied to. Time after time after time. Political turmoil. National security. Climate change. Military crisis. Violence. The U.S. is at the very least nurturing the largest source of the deadliest and most addictive drug on the planet. Central Intelligence Agency was actively protecting certain large drug shipments. So you tell me what the occupation of Afghanistan is really about. The Killing of Uncle Sam. Get your copy today. Visit KillingUncleSamBook.com. Hey, welcome back. We've been, talk- we've been talking in the first half of today's show about how important it is to carefully read President Trump's foreign policy, particularly in light of recent developments where he took out, reportedly took out, the ISIS terrorist leader, al-Baghdadi, and is largely pulling troops out of Syria, except for a tank contingent, armored division, and some military assets that he's sending there 
to sequester the oil, and we're told that that's because they want to protect that oil and keep it from becoming an asset um, that would provide money for any resurgence of terrorist factions around there. And as we've said, many of those terrorist factions that have been giving Syria a hard time since at least 2011, there's evidence that many of them have been uh, clandestinely backed by intelligence agencies, at the very least the CIA and MI6, possibly Mossad. So, deep state, the deep state, Jason, in that sense, yeah. uh, uh, is pushed back as Trump becomes more assertive in, a, in an American-directed, America-first foreign policy that we, that we believe. As Jason announced earlier, we're on about 10 podcast platforms now, and that includes Spotify and a number of others. We're going to um, make sure that that list is available. What were some of the others, Jason? Apple Podcast, uh, like you said, Spotify, Google Podcast, Radio Republic, um, Breaker. There's, so there's several different ones out there. And Anchor. And Anchor. Anchor, too. Um, right. Yeah, so we're really going multimedia, ladies and gentlemen. So dissemination is where it's at, and I, I want to talk about that in a minute. The, the alternative media has a powerful message to share. The mainstream media, the mass media cartel, President Trump, as we learned in the first half hour, has been instrumental in making it fashionable to disbelieve the mainstream media. Right. But now the mass media cartel having been pushed aside, the, the alternative media, like Jason and I with Stop the Presses and World Impact News, like my website, thetruthhound.com, like many others, the alternative media needs to disseminate itself much better. We need much better distribution and circulation. It's all in the numbers. The mainstream media has falsity. They don't have the truth on their side. It's largely lies and misinformation. We have the truth on our side, but we have to be heard by many more ears and seen by many more eyes. Absolutely, and that's uh, so critical and so important. And so we ask you to share, share, go to YouTube, it's World Impact News, and sh watch and share the video, subscribe to our channel, as well as the podcast. And then you can subscribe and you can share the different podcasts out there because like Mark was saying, dissemination is so important to get the truth out there. Look, we're fed so much fiction in this world oh. and it's time that this world and especially the American people get the facts and get the truth. So if you have any facts or any truths that you want to shed upon what we're talking about today regarding President Trump and his foreign policies, we want to know. And so that's very important that we get people engaged in that process as well, as well as disseminating the information. And we've got a lot of good things going and the dissemination of the information that we give it is so critical, and that's what we're doing today, ladies and gentlemen. You're really hearing a turning point. The last time Jason and I did this, we shot a video of a radio show, but I was in Michigan on one end. Jason was here in McAllen on the other. Now we're both in the same chair, or they're both in the same room, rather, excuse me. And so we're trying everything we can to get the best quality video, the best quality audio, and to disseminate this on multiple podcast platforms, get RBNs website out there, get RBN, better publicity in the process. Yes, absolutely. And if we fire on all cylinders and if uh, the alternative media keeps doing this, and many of them are already going this direction, we're going to see a big change as the mass media cartel goes down, then we become ascendant 
Yeah. And then we really see some changes. And then President Trump can feel even more free to be a constitutionalist America first president. Yeah. You gotta remember, he's under tremendous pressure to stay with the status quo. And I'm not saying the guy's an angel, but he's the, the more our information is disseminated, the more of a free hand he'll have to do what really needs to be done and honor his campaign promises. Yeah. And the reality is we don't need an angel in the White House. We need a wrecking ball that's gonna come against all of this things for decades that have been put in place to block, to obstruct, because that's all that's happening now, is you see total obstruction, and he is under a tremendous amount of pressure, um, you know, still, but that's one of the things even we were talking about in the, in the first segment of the show, was that he's made these decisions without the influence of another country, without the influence of the UN, without any kind of manipulation or control. And I think that's something very important that we point out to the listeners that he is a president who is putting America first and making decisions without any any other influence or control from the globalists. Yeah, and let's let's segue a little bit into the Biden affair while we're at this, which seems yeah. to be sort of an adjunct. What I would know is now that we've seen this saga go across our TV screens for what, the better part of four weeks, five weeks? Right. What's it been, right? Yeah. Sometimes you forget, right? One of the things you have to remember is when President Trump went to Ukraine and spoke to that leader and mentioned Joe and Hunter Biden's businesses kind of obliquely. He didn't go into detail. Well, because actually the leader brought it up. Yeah, first. Okay, thank you. Good. And then he responded to what right. the Ukrainian leader was bringing up. Yes, that's a very good point. I'm glad that you clarified that. It's, it's easy to forget all those nuances. Here's the thing. When that happened, this has been several weeks ago, the Democrats were just kind of getting going. There was 12, 13, 14 other, no, excuse me, a couple of dozen out there. Pardon me, I stand corrected. A couple of dozen, we weren't quite sure what is, whether it's going to be Pete Bootygay, Buttgate, or out of South Bend, or, you know, uh, all these different ones, you know, representing how far left can you possibly go. Yeah. How socialist can we become? Yeah. yeah. I'm the biggest leftist. No, I'm the biggest leftist. No, I'm the, I'm even further to the left. And almost competing to see who could be Karl Marx reincarnated, right? <laughs> but uh, uh, here's the thing. When that happened, it was really early on in terms of the Democratic candidates. Biden, according to CNN and the media, was simply declared to be the leader. Right. What, was there maybe one or two untrustworthy polls? Most of these polls are untrustworthy anyway. And so when President Trump, when that was brought to his attention, Biden was just one of 25, 26 people that might probably would run for president. It's yeah. not as if he was the nominee. Right. Oh, you know, oh, he's the favored one. How do they know that? Yeah. You know, Tulsi Gabbard has made an impressive showing of the Hawaiian Congresswoman who served honorably in the military. Like Trump, she doesn't want to be an absolute interventionist and police the world. She disagrees with him on some social issues, but their strongest candidate arguably would be Gabbard. They pushed her to the back of the bus worse than Rosa Parks could ever imagine. Yeah. And so 
the Democratic Party, its own worst enemy, had no idea that Biden really would be that much more viable, viable than anyone else. Right. So Trump, who sworn under oath to protect and uh, carry out the enforcement of our laws, see to it that our laws are, are justly carried out, that's right. his constitutional mandate, sees a legal problem with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, who at the time was vice president, flying there on Vice with right, vice presidential assets. That's right. The uh, the presidential airplane, uh, Air Force Two. Air Force Two. Excuse me, I couldn't think of it. Flying there in Air Force Two with his son, and then trying to tell us they didn't talk about it. Yeah. But he's they're using gasoline, kerosene, jet fuel paid for by taxpayers. Air Force Two. Biden is our vice president at the time, and he is making helping his son make multi-billion-dollar deals. And now I understand that this is preliminary. I can't get into this too deep, but I understand the, the deep state connected Atlantic Council, which has ties to Bilderberg and the CFR, was involved at least tangentially, yeah. at least peripherally, uh, with the Biden affair, uh, with the money that um, Hunter Biden was making due to his dad's connections. So it's amazing to me still that on top of all the things President Trump is doing to create a American-determined foreign policy, that the media is still trying to say that the Ukraine problem is Trump, when clearly and unambiguously the Bidens were and are the problem in, yeah. in regards to Ukraine. Yeah. Actually, and that's what it, it, is, it is. As it unfolds, and like you said, it's a little preliminary, but as it unfolds and what they're seeing in documents, and uh, different uh, testimonies of people is that uh, this was all actually started by someone in the DNC that actually, because let's realize, let's talk foreign policy a little bit, it plays into this, is whenever a nation is having economical distress and they're having some economical problems, America then saw it as an opportunity, and I want to say this more specifically, Obama, Joe Biden, the Democratic Party, because the DNC was very much in bed with this. You have to see that uh, based upon the facts. So you had high-level people that were involved. And uh, so they actually went in to say, hey, we can help you out. But we understand why they wanted to help them out, because it would benefit them. Not just America, and that's what at least we can see, is, okay, maybe America was involved in there, and America was trying to help, but we see where they personally were being, uh, there was different kickbacks, different, I mean, look at Joe Biden's son, how he was able to get salaries and be on boards that he had no idea, he had no experience, no credentials to be on. And so you could definitely see that play a part. And uh, maybe sometime we'll try to do a timeline for everybody and put it out there so that we could put the facts of how that all came together. But that's ultimately what happened, rather than it being done the correct way and with America's interest. But, you know, that's where the whole Ukraine thing, I mean, that's where it was, the whole problem started. Even Hillary Clinton involved. Even, so you, you look at the people, and, uh, and but you made a good point. I just want to, in case the listeners didn't catch it, is when Trump was talking about all of this or began 
when this Ukraine leader and Trump first spoke, that was before Joe Biden was even in the race. He wasn't even, he didn't even announce that he was going to run. So it wasn't even, it was way before that. Well, even if he so, intimated or hinted, right. it was still so early that you couldn't right. say that he was such a viable leading candidate that by Trump acting against him, he got this major competitor out of his way. Right. Now, Biden, some might argue that Biden is more viable than the others because he was vice president, because he's this old seasoned statesman, we're told. But his record actually is quite spotty. Yeah. And not very impressive, really. Right. And you have, again, Tulsi Gabbard, a, a fairly experienced congresswoman who's had some military battle experience, who knows what it's like to put on a uniform for this country. Right. Who has some honor and really called out Kamala Harris, I might say. She, yeah. it, was a, it was a smackdown yeah. about her, her misdeeds as a prosecutor. Tulsi Gabbard called her out, and Kamala Harris's uh, poll numbers just went down to the bottom yeah. right after that. Total smackdown. So Gabbard proved that you know she could cut her teeth and stand up there with the rest of them. If the Democrats were smart, they would have someone who's not so tarnished and not quite so far to the left like Gabbard, but no... They, they want to run Biden, who's arguably getting too old. Yeah. He has shown some signs of feebleness. You know, the health of a president is a big thing. JFK yeah. had his back problems, Addison's disease. Yeah. Uh, FDR had his uh, crippling effects, which put him in the wheelchair. Uh, there were other presidents. The, the health of our president is always an issue. Yeah. Therefore, age, therefore, mental ability. That's always been a big thing for Americans. Yeah. And Joe Biden is not a spring chicken anymore. Let, you know, and he never was a stellar congressman. Let's just be honest. You know, pretty, pretty mixed bag. I mean, kind here. Yeah. And it's not a Democrat-Republican thing. Just, you know, pretty bad news thing. Yeah. Overall. And he's been to the World Economic Forum. Uh, Biden has collaborated with uh, organizations that are linked to Bilderberg. I, some people claim Biden is a Bilderberger himself. I have not confirmed that. Um, but one of the things that we don't want to forget also is that, let's go back, Jason, to early 2014, February. The elected leader of Ukraine is Viktor Yanukovych. What happens? Uh, a color revolution, an orange revolution, just yeah. seems to come out of nowhere. Now, the CIA, going back to the 1950s, is notorious for drumming up hoaxish or synthetic revolutions. Right. All of a sudden, there's this uh, clamoring to overthrow Yanukovych. So, Under Secretary of State Victoria Nuland, and who's, and who's she married to? Robert Kagan of the Brookings Institution, who has been a Bilderberg attendee, I believe. But certainly the Brookings Institution itself yeah. is well-connected to Bilderberg. Many years a Brookings representative will attend Bilderberg. This secretive internationalist Congress Politburo, right, it's known as the Bilderberg Group. So she's married to Robert Kagan, the globalist, who speaks to the Chicago Council on Global Affairs, which I've covered many times. And she goes in and has a motley crew that's installed after Yanukovych flees uh, under the pressure of the color revolution, the Orange Revolution, and Victoria Newland basically is instrumental in overthrowing 
in replacing Victor's government with this globalist government. Why? Because Ukraine under Yanukovych didn't want to join the NATO European Union village. Didn't want to join NATO and the European Union. NATO always the expansionist. NATO is always expanding while accusing Russia of being expansionist. Yeah. Always having uh, military exercises right on Russia's border while claiming Russia is the total aggressor and the only aggressor. And I'm not saying Russia is an angel. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they wear white hats. But NATO has proven itself to be the absolute and total expansionist and aggressor with scant and minimal evidence that Russia is the same way. Again, not saying Russia is perfect. Not saying they have no ambitions. I'm not saying that. Right. However, so Ukraine doesn't want to join NATO or the EU. All of a sudden, this revolution, synthetic in appearance, synthetic in smell and taste, comes up. Yanukovych is run out of town. This Victoria Newland uh, globalist slash neocon government is put in, and that uh, overturns the pro-Russian leanings of most of the Ukrainian people, and most of the people in Ukraine that were pro-Russian and Russian-speaking were the ones who had long lived in the Crimean Peninsula. And when Russia and the people in Crimea saw what had happened in Kiev, that overthrow and the revolution, they wanted Russia to protect them. They still looked to Russia as their umbrella. It wasn't an annexation of Crimea. It was Crimea wanting to stay with its Russian roots. You see, that's another point of view. Now, there are some that might disagree with me, but at least I'm putting another point of view out there that the mainstream media avoided my uh, play. So, the globalists didn't get the Ukraine they've been salivating for. Now, what does that tell us about trying to trip Trump over Ukraine now? Does, it, does that not provide a lesson? Is this not revenge of yeah. some sort? Yeah, because they didn't get their way. They lost the election in 2016. So everything, all the label, every, everything that they put into place, now they can't execute. Now they can't reap off of it. Although Joe Biden son was. But anyway, yes, you know, there were still some that are, that are still were reaping the benefits, so to speak. But it almost seems like, yeah, there's definitely that vendetta. Vendetta, that's the word. That they have against Trump just because he won. And so, you know, and that's what you, that's what you see. But even you see now Clapper coming out and saying he just did what Obama told him to do. I just did what the boss told me to do. And that was regarding all the stuff that they were spying on Trump and spying on I mean, I don't know if you saw a recent interview, but he's actually come out and basically saying, hey, administration told me to do it. Obama told me to do it. So, and which was all still connected into the Ukraine because the Ukraine, they were using the Ukraine to try to get dirt on Trump. So what the hypocrisy? I mean, it's just, it's such a hypocrisy and that's what you see. And unfortunately, that's what you see with the media not even wanting to give it any attention. Certainly not talking about the things right. we are, where we're giving the whole picture. Right. So the viewers and listeners can agree, disagree, but at least get a much larger picture from which to use as a reference point. Right. And you just don't get that in the mainstream. Exactly. And, and that's why we're going multimedia, ladies and gentlemen. That's why RBN and World Impact News, we're, we're 
joining forces and using multiple platforms, the alternative media needs to improve its dissemination tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold, ten thousandfold. Yeah, and 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 really, and and you almost see that. I don't even know, but it's almost a culture shift that's happening within the media, and I believe that that's one of the things positively. And you you mentioned this uh, earlier in the segment that Trump is almost. He's almost, it's almost like he, because look, realize it, you, you, there's so much misinformation out there and so much fake news out there. And so he's almost been the one to spearhead. And where, where you're seeing now the alternative media that are reporting and actually doing investigative reporting and actually finding the facts, looking at the documents where the mainstream media can care less. They could care less. They're not going to try. They're not going to do anything. All they want to do is tear apart. Yeah, we've got about a minute and a half minute left. But I think what we've done today, Jason, besides inaugurating our multimedia approach yes. with Stop the Presses and World Impact News, our, our news combine, is that we've put out a, a big picture, a, a kind of chart, if you will, on let's look at what President Trump is doing carefully. Let's not be too quick to judge right. whether we end up liking it or not is secondary to the fact that he's trying to do something from an American-initiated standpoint. If we do use our military, it will be on our terms. It will be on, in ways that America decides. No longer the internationalist globalist model. Troops are being removed from Syria. Right. I expect to see troops removed from other countries. I expect to see those troops move to our border. After all, isn't the defense of the nation one's own border too? Right. Am, am I crazy here? You know? Yeah. And, and I think that's what we're going to see. I remember talking to some troops that were at the border recently uh, in McAllen, or Salvador, rather, here in the Rio Grande Valley, Hidalgo County. And I talked to them, and I go, so you guys are guarding an American border? And they said, yeah, I'll be damned. I can't believe it. We're actually protecting our own country. That's yeah. what they told me. Wow. Like, what a novelty. Yeah. And, and one thing I did want to mention, too, is that one of the things that we have to realize is at least we have to give a respect to the office of the president. He is our commander-in-chief, and he sees the big picture, and he has information based on the big picture where the media is clueless about it. They do not have the big picture. They don't want it. Yeah, they don't. And that, that's, that's accurate. Yeah, they don't want it. With some exception to Fox News and Tucker Carlson doing right. a little bit better job. But yeah. what we're putting out, ladies and gentlemen, is the picture, not telling you what to think, but telling, you know, that we all think for ourselves. Uh, check us out, again, World Impact News on YouTube, and we'll, we'll make it available on how to get other um, links to other platforms. But thanks for listening on this important day as we go more multimedia. Hey, everybody. Thanks for watching this segment. And uh, again, Mark Anderson. And this is a collaboration between Mark Anderson, Stop the Presses, and World Impact News. Again, I'm Jason Mangum, and thanks for watching. Have a great day. Bye-bye.